Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development books. Every month, members get one free credit to pick any title, plus two Audible Originals from the monthly selection, and access to all daily news digests such as the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post. You can download these titles and listen offline, anytime, and anywhere. The app is free and it can be installed on all smartphones and tablets. You can listen across devices without losing your spot and I can assure you that is the most important part of this ad read. And if you can't decide what to listen to, don't worry. You can keep your credits for up to one year and use them to binge on a whole series if you'd like. Now let me tell you something, that's all good news, but let me give you better news. If you head on over right now to www.audibletrial.com backslash ROTM radio, you'll not only get your free book for this month, but you can also get a free month of Audible on us here at ROTM Radio. And let's face it, we're about to read The Fall of Reach from the Halo series, and why wouldn't you want to go over right now and pick that up and start reading? We all know you do. So go ahead, go on over right now to www.audibletrial.com backslash ROTM Radio. Hi everyone, it's Ryan here from ROTM Radio. All of you are awesome for listening, and we, well, we love you for it. We also want more people to hear and enjoy as well. We need your help to spread the love, laughs, and shenanigans. How can you help, you might ask? Well, a couple of things. Make sure that you're subscribed to ROTM Radio in your favorite podcast listening app. Also, by giving us a rating or review or commenting in your favorite platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google, and Podbean will help make the podcast climb the charts. One more way to help is simply by telling a friend. Come on, we all know someone who complains that they're bored way too much. Well, help give them some free entertainment, and when they ask where they can find ROTM Radio, just say, pretty much everywhere. They can find us by going to rotmradio.com. They can also find us at Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Audrey.io. And if they don't have any of those platforms, a simple Google search, or just following our Facebook and Twitter feeds, they'll be able to find us. And they can also track down our RSS feed on rotmradio.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening. You are awesome. And we want you to have awesome friends, too.
Hello everybody and welcome to ROTM Radio, the official podcast of ROTMRadio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan, and with me today is nobody, because like the lovable rogue from the planet of Corellia, I am solo. For this episode, welcome to episode 19. Oh, everybody, it is so good to have a little bit of time to sit down behind the mic and say hello to the friends and fans of ROTM Radio. Um, as you all may or may not be aware, I've been uh, having to take some time off because of uh, some uh, some things that I'm trying to accomplish in my personal life uh, that have taken me away from the show uh, for a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, it has gone on uh, definitely longer than what I expected it to, so I do apologize for that. Uh, but I had a little bit of extra time uh, this weekend, so uh, I decided since there hasn't been a show uh, in a few weeks, unfortunately, um, that I would go ahead and just make a recording. I mean, this is going to be a short one or a shorter episode than normal because, A, I'm talking to you uh, by myself and also, um, you know, just for uh, my own uh, amount of time that I have, I sort of need to keep it as short as possible. But, but yeah, so uh, it should be only a couple more weeks of uh, stuff going on before I can get back into the fold uh, as normal, and hopefully we'll be able to get the uh, to get the show back on track. Uh, if not weekly, you know, get at least some more uh, information about when it will be dropping and things like that. Get an actual plan going again. Um, so, what I'm going to talk to you all about today, um, as most of you may be aware, back on the 30th of October, uh, the new season, the second season of the show, The Mandalorian actually launched and Dustin and Zach are probably going to hate me for this but I am super excited about it so I am going to talk about The Mandalorian today. We haven't done a TV show, anything TV show in a while and I don't feel like uh we we you know we had a lot of fun doing Firefly but I don't think uh that was the way to do it. Um so I'm basically going to talk about season one of The Mandalorian. I will not talk about season two. Uh, for anybody who has not watched The Mandalorian uh, season one, sorry, spoiler alert. So, you know, if you haven't watched The Mandalorian and you don't want to be spoiled at all uh, for the first season, do not listen to this podcast uh, for this episode. Uh, I will not be talking about season two at all. Um, since I have already seen the first three episodes of season two, I will not talk about any sort of speculation that I might have going forward uh, just in case I touch on some stuff that is spoiler-related when it comes to Season 2. But, like I said, Season 1, I'm going to spoil the crap out of it for everybody. So, you know, hang on for your hang on to your hats for that. Um, and, yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. So The Mandalorian, which launched uh, as soon as Disney Plus launched, uh, last year, uh, 2019, uh, the show the show was created by John Favreau, and uh, in conjunction with George Lucas and also Dave Filoni and others, other writers are obviously involved with The Mandalorian. Uh, this TV show is the first live action TV show that we're getting uh, for the Star Wars universe. We, we, of course, have all the movies that are all live action. Uh, and we have TV shows that are for Star Wars. 
which is, but they're all animated series. This is our first glimpse of what live action TV uh, in the Star Wars universe can be. And I got to say right off the bat, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it so much. If you enjoy a Western style story, this is the story for you, uh, especially John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and 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 cast and crew are really pulling together a very cool show. The way it is, literally the first episode, which is just titled Chapter One: The Mandalorian. So what they're actually doing is they're going in as an episodic thing, but they're calling them Chapter One, Chapter Two, Chapter Three, and, and it's pretty awesome. And I will say that uh, I I am kind of. Even though it's split up in a, you know, the first season is eight uh, or eight episodes, I'm assuming the second season will be the same. I'm not sure exactly about that. However, going from season one to season two, we go from chapter eight to chapter nine. So it, it's it's definitely a a continuation of of the same story, uh, which is awesome. But chapter one is just titled The Mandalorian. And it's it's amazing because looking at this, going okay, what is this going to look like as as t you know Star Wars for TV live action Star Wars on your TV? It's like the complete opposite approach. I'm also a Star Trek fan, for example, but this you know Star Trek was always on TV, and then when they adapted Star Trek to go into them, then they created movies around the Star Trek universe, which was TV based. Not so here. I mean, we're taking stuff from the movies and, of course, the the extended lore because of the extended universe and everything else. I love what they're doing with this show, though, because they're taking things from the extended universe, the books and the animated shows and the comics, and they're bringing characters in that, you know, it's all of a sudden. I, I personally, because I read all the books and... Uh, I don't really get into the comics too much, but I do understand what, what is happening in the comics. I, I try to keep up on what is happening. That way I can uh, stay up to date on what's canon and what's not. I always personally think that the books and the extended stories, they matter. To me, they matter. I love them. I love all of it. You slap Star Wars on it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consume it. You know, I love all of it, but there's a lot of people out there who might not realize... You know, might not care about these different characters, but now here's a show bringing these other characters in. And to them, they matter now. And that's exciting for me because I get to go, <laughs> yes, yes, we've got people that I might have heard of randomly in this book, and all of a sudden they're here. Let me set the stage for you. Chapter one, The Mandalorian. First time we see it. We see this, uh, you know, traditionally in Star Wars, you see... Uh, an opening crawl, you know, the the whole, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And you get the opening crawl of, you know, Princess Leia flees from the evil Empire and Darth Vader. And I forget exactly what the first crawl says. Not that I ever have it me- had it memorized. But this TV show doesn't do that. It doesn't do the crawl. It has a interesting... There's a little bit of music playing, and then you start seeing silhouettes of different, you know, like three P, uh, C-3PO's face, uh, Stormtrooper helmet, Kylo Ren's helmet, Darth Vader's helmet, all kind of as light, like a blue light is sort of passing through it. So it's kind of flashing across, and you're just getting a silhouette of these different things. And it's very cool because you get and it kind of 
it kind of shuffles forward like you like you're looking at a um like a flip book almost but not quite that same transition and then you get that dun dun and then bam there's a star wars i think it's very cool it's very cool it was unique um i liked it so that's the first thing that we see uh and then <laughs> we we are at a space bar on some uh undisclosed <laughs> some undisclosed ice planet. Uh, the Mandalorian walks into the bar and basically there is a, there's a blue alien called a mithril and um, he is being hassled by some Quarren. And uh, well, there was one Quarren. Uh, they are the, uh, the tentacle face, you know, uh, people who inhabit the same uh, planet of Moncal, which is where the Moncalamari come from, which is Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. That's who they are. So they're kind of like they share the same planet. So uh, it's like the fish people. Uh, <laughs> the Quarren, to me, kind of look like uh, if you watch Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, Davy Jones, the way he looks, that's what a Quarren looks like. Uh, just this tentacled squid face. So the blue mithril is being uh, being roughed up by some... some uh, underbelly scum of this uh, of this planet some ruffians uh, like I said one of them being the Quarren and the Mando walks into the bar and he orders a drink and while he's there all of a sudden the guys roughing up the blue um, mithril decide alright this guy's not worth our time we're now going to go we're going to go look at the shiny Mandalorian that just walked in well, the only thing shiny really on him is his helmet, and he's got he's got kind of this old, you know, older armor. Uh, kind of like if you if you look at Boba Fett, his his armor seemed older, you know, uh, roughed up a little bit. And one of the aliens actually says to our our Mandalorian here is that real Beskar, and he actually swipes his knife across it. Now, Beskar, which we will come to find out, Beskar is the Beskar steel, is what the Mandalorian steel, it's what the Mandalorian armor is made of. Uh, the Beskar steel can actually withstand uh, many blaster bolts. It can it can withstand a lot of punishment. Uh, it's actually what made the, the Mandalorians be able to stand up and fight against the Jedi because some Beskar, depending on how it is made, can actually withstand up or stand up against lightsaber strikes as well. Which is why, in years past, when Mandalorians and Jedi would fight with each other, now this is all legends back in the old Republic days, uh, not canon as of right now. We don't we don't know that it's uh, canon, but at least in the legend stories, um, Mandalorians and Jedi would go to war against each other, and uh, you could tell why they would be such such good foes against Jedi especially when their Beskar armor would hold up against lightsaber strikes. Now, after after the ruffian asks Mando if that's real Beskar, uh, and he he then, you know, Mando doesn't say anything back to him, and he sort of says, you spilled my drink. And then there's silence, and he says, did you hear what I said? You, I, you, you spilled my drink. And the bartender's like, oh, I don't want any, I don't want any trouble here, here. Let me let me cover that drink for you, and he went to slide the 
the drink to the went to slide the drink to the alien and uh Mando sticks out his hand, grabs the drink beforehand, smashes it into him. Uh he takes down the couple guys and now the Quarren gentleman uh tries to escape and the door that is opening and closing for this uh uh for this space bar is a circular is a circular door that it sort of it's it closes uh from the outside to the inner to the middle like the inside of the middle um sort of the way if you look at the way the uh the roof on top of the Atlanta Falcons stadium the Mercedes-Benz uh, uh dome I think it's called or Mer- no no sorry that's the that's down in Louisiana the uh the Mercedes-Benz stadium or whatever it's called in Georgia uh the way that circular roof opens and closes. It's, it's kind of a similar uh, thing. Uh, the Quarren tries to get out the door. Uh, the, the Mandalorian then fires his grapple wire, catches him by the leg, and goes to drag him back in. The door starts to close, and Mando quits pulling on, on the wire, and uh, the Quarren the gets cut in half by the door. Corn gets cut in half by the door, and all of a sudden you hear, and then all of a sudden you hear, cha-ching, da-da-dun, 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 and the main theme of the the show comes into play. I was immediately blown away, because I'm like, whoa. This is not kitty Star Wars. <laughs> this is great already. This is fantastic. I mean, because not only are you seeing, uh, you're seeing aliens from you know that you would normally see in animations and that you might see in the background of some of the movies you're seeing them right there in your face i mean guys getting cut in half in a door i mean you don't see it but it's it's implied in there and i'm like that's dark (laughs) that's dark it's so good uh and the theme the music the score everything about this show is amazing uh i immediately thought of the sopranos um when I heard the music, I'm not really sure why because I've listened to the to the Sopranos theme also. I, I can't really tell why I thought of that, but I, I just that music I thought of the Sopranos and and it was just I got this like all right this is gonna be fun. Uh, turn come to find out, Mando is at that bar because he has a bounty puck because he's a he's a bounty hunter. Uh, he has a bounty puck for the Blue Mithril. Uh, Blue Mithril doesn't know he's there to be hunted. Uh, the Blue Mithril says, hey, thanks for getting those guys off my back. And he's like, here, why don't you take my credits? And uh, Mando then sets the puck on the table, and then you see uh, the puck is now emitting a hollow projection of the Mithril's face, and the Mithril says, oh, uh, bounty puck. Yeah. Y- you sure that's me? You know? Um so he he comes with him. Uh, they go to leave, and he needs transport to to his ship. And uh, there's there's an alien sitting on this like dock that's going off onto the onto the ice, and, <laughs> and he uh, the alien is using a flute. Uh, for some reason, to call the speeders, which was so weird to me. Uh, speeder shows up, looks nice. It's got a uh, R2 unit driving it. Uh, Mando says, no droids. 
And then so Mr. Flutie McFlute face over here flutes, you know, does a flute thing. And that one drives away. And here comes a human aboard uh, uh, this raggedy speeder that's just falling apart. He gets he's like, he's like, all right, let's go. And he goes, careful, stay off the ice, which is kind of interesting because the entire planet is ice. There, there is no, there's no getting around the ice. Uh, but uh, so they start taking uh, Mando and the Mithril to the ship. Um, they get to the ship and uh, they get they get aboard the ship. And while they're getting aboard of sh- of the ship, uh, the speeder goes to take off, and some giant creature pops out of the ice, eats the. Uh, Eats the speeder whole, and now you realize this is why we were told to stay off the ice. Like I said, it's it's immediately, the whole show is immediately just dark and crazy. Uh, Mithril, uh, I'm kind of, you know, I'm giving you Cliff Notes version here, but uh, the Mithril ends up getting thrown into the uh, portable carbonite freezing station that Mandalorian has on his ship, which is pretty crazy because apparently... Because apparently, after they used it on Han Solo, people figured out, oh, we could use this for bounty hunting. So they must have figured out how to keep people from... uh, They used the Han Solo formula. Skip forward, we meet... uh, We land on a planet that we will find out later is called Navarro. Uh, and we meet up with one Carl Weathers, uh, whose character's name is Grief Karga. Uh, Grief Karga goes to to pay the Mando, and the Mando wants other jobs. And uh, Grief Karga sends the Mando off for. He said it's it's a specific job. He said it's a there is no bounty puck for it. It's a direct commission, and he needs to meet with the investor. Or excuse me, the the client. The client ends up being an Imperial holdout. Now, I should mention that this show is cast, chronologically, it is cast after the Death Star 2 was blown up and all all the Ewoks are celebrating all that kind of stuff. We are... We are five years past the Battle of Endor and we are about five years before... Uh, episode seven, I think is where the timeline is. We're definitely before episode seven. We are after, uh, after episode six, between six and seven, I should say. (coughs) At this point, the new Republic has taken over as far as the governing body of the, of the galaxy. However, there are still Imperial remnants as what we will see here. Uh, the client is some sort of high ranking, um, He's some sort of high-ranking imperial. We're led to believe that he's sort of just a warlord um, who's just holding out. Um, the, the client is played by a by a man of Vanna Hutzog, uh, plays an amazing job, um, and his voice is just super cool. Um, he's talking to Mando, and he tells Mando uh, that he needs. Um, he needs the the quarry alive and uh, basically that he is willing to pay a cantono of Beskar. And a cantono's inter- interesting kind of side note here is that in the movie, 
in the movie Empire Strikes Back. I now this is not something I knew. I'm I I I didn't know this beforehand. Um, but there was there was you know some deep dives when it came to what's a Cantono, uh, and it's basically just it looks like a white bucket with some keypad numbers on it, and and you open it up. So <laughs> there was some controversy apparently in the movie Empire Strikes Back when Lando Calrissian uh, decides to grab the microphone and tell all of Cloud City that the Imperial Garrison has taken over uh, uh, Cloud City and everybody starts running around, like gathering their things. In the movie, there's a, there's a, there's a guy who runs around a corner as people are fleeing. He's carrying an ice cream maker. One of those, it's just, and if you've never seen like an ice cream maker, it looks like a small, like three gallon uh, white bucket and it's got a top with an engine or like a motor on top of it that you plug into the wall. Uh, and it's, it's an ice cream maker. Um, it looks like an ice cream maker. It is definitely an ice cream maker. It was just a prop that they used that they just like, here, here's something that could look sort of futury. <laughs> Grab this ice cream maker and run away with it. Um, I didn't know that was a controversy. I didn't know that was a big thing, apparently, when Empire Strikes Back first came out. But uh, this show, we're getting an answer of what the ice cream maker is. It is called a Cantono, and it is, uh, it is a secure storage device for, you know, it's, it's basically like a mobile safe, you know. And uh, so, <laughs> sorry, that's just kind of a little offshoot, uh, kind of an interesting thought there. Um, uh the client says that he has a Cantono of Beskar, uh, and for to basically show that he's good for it, he gives Mando a single bar of Beskar that was uh, taken by the Empire. It's got the Imper- Imperial stamp on it, and it was smelted in the Empire smelters. Uh, the client states that they would like the quarry alive, uh, and in a line that's now famous, Werner, ha- Werner Herzog says, but I realize that bounty hunting is a complicated profession. And that he said that proof of termination would also be acceptable. Uh, it, it's a very strange, like it's it's very cool uh, the way he delivers his lines Um in this show, it's it's very cool, and it's uh, like I said, that line has sort of become uh, beco- become known because of the show. And as we're going to find out in the next few episodes, that indeed bounty hunting is a complicated profession. And uh, I'm probably destroying that uh, that impression there, you know, or I'm just killing it. Yeah, got it. So I mean, Mando, sweet, cool, takes off. Uh, but there's something interesting. I don't know the difference between the uh, uh, or how the the bounty hunting. There's something they they call stuff like a chain code, and people have chain codes, and somehow these chain codes are connected to trackers. And if your chain code is bad, like they can you could be tracked with these tracking fobs. Um, I'm not sure how it works. I really I I'm not sure how that's supposed to work. But they don't have a bounty puck for. Uh, for the quarry that they're going after, all they have is a chain code. They gave the they gave it the chain code, and all Armando knows is that he's looking for an individual that is fifty years old. That's all he knows. Bam, 
He jets off. He lands at this deserty planet, which when I first saw it, I totally thought it was Tatooine. It's not Tatooine. It's a completely different. Uh, he gets attacked by by something. He gets attacked by a a two legged animal. It kind of looks like a big fish uh, with legs. It's called a blurg. He gets attacked by it. He's fighting it off, uh, and <laughs> he gets saved by an ugnot. Uh, the the Ugnot, and for those of you who don't know what an Ugnot is, uh, if you watched Empire Strikes Back, the little little piggy looking guys that are walking around working on the working on the cryo freeze uh, uh, carbonite freezing station when they go to put Han Solo down in there, they're kind of the short little guys that are off to the side. Those are Ugnots. This Ugnot is played by Nick Nolte. Uh, Nick Nolte, <laughs> the Ugnot, uh, is fantastic. He, he helps, um, he says to the Mando, he says, uh, he says, you are a Mandalorian and you are here, uh, to go after, you know, a, a quarry and I will help you. And he, and he said, or he, and he said, well, well, why would you help me? And he goes, you're a Mandalorian. I'd like to see if the stories are true. And he says, uh, and then he just says, I have spoken. And he starts drive. He starts like riding his blurg away. Uh, so this whole, I have spoken thing has become huge with, uh, people who have watched the Mandalorian, Nick Nolte, the, uh, Ugnot, as we will find out later, his name is actually Queel. Uh, that is the name of the character. So we have this whole shot of Nick Nolte, the Ugnot, teaching Mando how to ride a Blurg. Uh, they ride the Blurgs over. He says, here's where you go. That's where the, the trouble's happening at. And uh, he says basically that he just, he wants the Blurg that, you know, and, and the Mando's like, yeah, sure, you can have the Blurg. He goes to start going down to this compound that's being guarded with people. But as he's sort of scoping it out, uh, this IG-11 assassin droid, uh, which is voiced by uh, Taka Watiti, goes walking up and basically just just immediately, I mean, he's like megaphoning it as he's walking up. He, you know, uh, according to the guild charter, one, two, three, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you, you must, you must give up the asset according to galactic this, that, and another. <laughs> <laughs> and the Mando is basically like, oh, geez, here we go. IG-11 starts blasting away at everything, and uh, Mando gets down there, and he's he's he gets kind of in the way. IG shoots him, hits him in the Beskar, uh, which it pings right off, and he goes, IG, hold your fire. I'm Guild. And he said, you're, you're also a Guild member? And he said, yes, so... Uh, the Mando and IG-11 have to team up uh, to destroy everybody uh, who's who's blocking this compound. While they're while they're shooting their way through, multiple times in this in this scene, you see IG-11 basically think that they are outnumbered, and they and IG-11 keeps saying, according to manufacturer's protocol, I cannot be captured. I will self destruct. And he's got a little bomb inside of his chest, and. <laughs> Mando keeps saying, do not self-destruct. We're shooting our way out. Uh, so they finally kill everybody. Uh, they finally kill everybody else. And uh, Mando then says, you're not so bad for a droid. And as we will find out, 
Mando's not a fan of the droids, and we will find that out because uh, Mando is a uh, grew up in the Clone Wars, and of course the Clone Wars were fought between clones and droids, and uh, so he was on the wrong side of the barrels of droids at some point, and you know, so I mean that's kind of understating it a little bit, uh, but you see it sort of in flashbacks in later episodes. They get inside the building where where the asset is. One more guy comes running out. They shoot. They both shoot that guy. And it's really funny. Uh, Mando just says, anybody else? And they get to where basically you see a a Star Wars-y type crib that's got a covering over it. It, like it has two hatches that close. Um, they open the hatches. And this is the first image of the Baby Yoda. If you've not seen this show, you have definitely seen the Baby Yoda at some point. The most adorable thing to ever come out of the Star Wars universe is the Baby Yoda. Uh, what I love about the Baby Yoda is the fact that they've done everything with the Baby Yoda in this show. It's a puppet. It is not CGI. They did not CGI uh, this creature, and it's it's great. But everything they do with this, even though there's some controversy right now with people who were like, you know, I don't know. <clears throat> the controversy people, keep your opinions to yourself. Leave Star Wars alone. Um, enjoy what it is and just calm down. Like... Your opinions are bad, so just calm down. Anyways, so this is the first seeing of of the Baby Yoda. Now, of course, everybody immediately started calling this character the Baby Yoda. Disney Lucasfilm want us to call it the child because that's what they refer to it as. Um, sorry, the internet, just like Quill has said, I have spoken, and the internet dubbed uh, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Almost immediately. Now there are some off branches. I, there's a couple podcast. There, there's a, there is a podcast I listen to called Job of the Pod where they call they call it uh, Yoda Baby instead of Baby Yoda, uh, and it's it's actually kind of compelling. Like definitely give it a listen uh, if you like Star Wars. <laughs> They're pretty funny, uh, but they say Yoda Baby, and uh, the their the rationale between or be behind calling it Yoda Baby Baby versus Baby Yoda is because they said. Say Baby Yoda five times fast, and I'll do, I'll try it right here. And it goes, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda. And then it's five times fast, say Yoda Baby, and you go, Yoda Baby, Yoda Baby, Yoda Baby, Yoda Baby, Yoda Baby. And it's almost like you're yodeling. <laughs> so I was like, that's really funny. I will uh, I will tell people that, you know, and you make a choice. Uh, this, of course, as far as we know, as far as we know, this is not a child of Yoda. It's not Yoda as a child. We don't know what it is. Uh, there is only one other instance of us seeing one of Yoda's uh, species, which was uh, a character called Yaddle. Uh, you see her for just a moment, I think in episode one, uh, on on the Jedi Council. Uh, we don't. You see her in the background one time. And uh, she was a member of the Jedi Council. I think it was either episode one or two. I can't remember. Uh, so you have Yoda and Yaddle. Um, but this is another instance of that species. 
Now, they're obviously confused because they see this basically infant. And uh, Mando says, I thought we were looking for somebody 50 years old. And uh, IG-11 says some species age differently. IG-11 goes to raise its gun. And... Uh, Mando says, kind of grabs his gun and says, no, we'll bring it in alive. IG-11 says, uh, I was, you know, I was commissioned on proof of termination, not bringing it alive. And then the camera work here, they turn the camera around, you see Mando, and when you see Mando standing there, you don't really know what happens, but you just hear the gunshot. You hear the blaster shot. And I'll be honest, when I first saw this, I was like, <gasps> they killed off this amazingly adorable creature already. Like, there's no way they just did that. And then you realize what actually has happened is that Mando has completely destroyed IG-11 with one shot. And then cut to Mando reaching out, pointing his finger down into this little floating pram and Yoda Baby extending his finger out. Bum bum. And that's the end of episode one. Uh, episode one, it was it was it was really good. I mean, I sort of skipped through some parts here. Uh, uh, the Mando is a is a complete badass uh, from the from the first moment you see him. Um, one of his lines that's fantastic uh, when he's actually talking to the menthol, menthol, excuse me, uh, is that he says to him, look, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. Badass line. I mean, that just says it right there. And then he also says when he's talking to Werner Herzog and his, uh, his ragtag, I actually, I didn't really talk about that too much. The fact that you see, uh, you see original trilogy Stormtroopers with the original helmets and everything like that, uh, but they are they are wearing some raggedy armor. I mean, their armor is stained with dirt and blood. Uh, they look like they've been through the ringer. They are definitely not the shiny white uh, stormtroopers of or the shiny white armored stormtroopers of the Empire at its height. They are a ragtag group that has been trying to hold on for as long as possible and they're in hiding and uh, at one point uh, there is another man who walks out with the client um, while they were discussing you know payment and all that kind of stuff Mando because he's sort of just he's always he's always on right he's always on guard the door opens and it's a man named Dr. Pershing and Mando whips his gun out, and he's like, hey, who is this guy? And then they say, you know, drop your weapons, drop your weapons. And um, Mando says they need to drop their weapons. And one of the stormtroopers says, we have you four to one. And Mando says, I like those odds. I mean, come on. It, that's, oh, it's badassery is what that is. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, that was the first look into the Mandalorian, uh, TV show. Now I did say, <laughs> I'm looking up and I've got, I've got past 30 minutes already recording into this one. I can't, I can't do this the way I want to do it. Cause I wanted to sort of summarize the entire season 
in an episode, but that's that's just not going to work unless unless you want me to drown on uh, by myself for four hours, which I'm not going to do, unfortunately. Um, but so I'll leave you with this. I'll, I'll leave you with this uh, episode one of the Mandalorian. Uh, how about this? If you want me to talk more Mandalorian or if you want me to talk Mandalorian with the guys, let me know. Let me know on Facebook. Let me know on Twitter. Let me know in Discord. Wherever you want to let me know. Uh, you know, I know I know. Ferret Face is going to let us know. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let us know um, if you want to hear more about The Mandalorian. I personally love it. I think it's awesome. Uh, you know, I have spoken. This is the way and all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and leave it here. Uh, just talked about the first episode. And uh, let me know if you want more or or not. And uh, other than that, uh, like I said, it will still be a couple more weeks before we are back fully on track. But thank you so much for being patient. And may your best yesterdays be your worst tomorrows. And remember, don't shake the mic.